Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. This is Sunday Morning Alive, right here. (laughs) We are live right here, but we're also alive in Jesus Christ today. And this, this message that I want to bring to you today is such an imperative message for a time such as this. And we want you to gather with us around the Word of God this morning. I wish we could have a full-blown worship service right here online. Uh, But for time's sake and other circumstances, we're able not to have that kind of service. But we can get in the Word of God today. And I pray you'll want to worship before uh, this broadcast begins. You'll want to worship after this broadcast ends. Put on some praise, worship music that draws you in and that focuses upon the Lord, uh, not the ability of the singers or the musicians that is that is horizontal that is that is toward you and me and it's very good it's good entertainment but worship is vertical it is to the lord find music that glorifies god hallelujah amen and lifts him up today amen we're going to talk about a a very important subject today and i believe that all of you that are coming to this website need to hear this as children of the Lord. Amen. And if you're not a child of God, please stay tuned today. We invite you to be our special guest as we get into the Word of God and we talk about this great subject today, now more than ever, the indispensable Holy Spirit. The indispensable work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We can't do without what only God can do. And we need Him. We used to sing that song, If we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. Well, we're not just because of the pandemic, but because we are in the last of the last days, the perilous times are here Now, the coming of the Lord is very near because the tribulation is very near. You know, the Bible said this, and I'm glad we're assembling around the Word of God. Wherever you're hearing this, whenever you're hearing this, amen. The Scripture said, forsake not the the gathering of yourself, the assembling of yourself together, as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Exhorting one another, strongly encouraging one another, you see, because we see the day approaching. Now, if we couldn't know the season of the the day of the Lord and the coming of Jesus, then we wouldn't know when that time was when we should put even more emphasis on assembling of ourselves together. But now more than ever, because we do see these prophecies unfolding, these conditions that would mark the last 
of the last days unfolding, the beginning of sorrows beginning, the coming of Jesus is very near, the tribulation period is is very near, the day of the Lord hasteneth greatly, we see it coming, and we come together to strongly encourage one another. Praise God. Well, I want to be an encourager to you today. Amen. As I speak on the subject, the indispensable work of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We can't do without the power of God today. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Praise God. Well, let's get in God's Word today. Let's talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the believer today. Acts 1 and verse 8 says, as we begin to read, and let me put a heading on this, the Holy Ghost in powers that it is a power gift it is a tool he is rather a tool to work with not a toy to play with listen to what it says in acts 1 and verse 8 the holy ghost empowers but you will receive power after the holy ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem in judea in samaria and the uttermost part of the world praise god and in luke 24 and verse 49 it says and behold i send the promise of my father Upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Literally, uh, clothed with power from on high in one translation. Someone said it, and I appreciate the way he put it in practical terms. The Holy Ghost is to the believer what the phone booth is to Superman. You know, Superman in the old black and white uh, uh, version, a uh, televised version, he would have to change from his street clothes. Underneath, he had on his Superman suit. And he'd go in a phone booth uh, as Clark Kent, and he'd come out as Superman. Well, this is superpower. But it's not like Superman. It's not like any other power that we know of here on earth this is supernatural power i mean no this is fa this is not faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive the greek word for power here is dunamis and it it, it because of the the dynamo that that uh, churns because of the water and, and lights a city, uh, because of uh, harnessing that power, or dynamite, that explosive power of TNT. No, no earthly known power can really do justice to what this word dunamis means, because it means miracle working ability. It means the kind of power that God has. It is supernatural. It is beyond anything that we could possibly imagine. And yet, they were told, and we are told, amen, that we need 
to receive that power through the person of the Holy Ghost into our life. And that's why Satan fights this truth so much today. It's under attack today. Every expression of the power and person of the Holy Ghost is not just under attack by by the world. It's under attack by many uh, parts of the Christian community. We don't need that. We have the Bible, and after that, that is perfect has come. You know, we don't need prophecy. We don't need any of the gifts of the charismata, the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's, it's as if we're so good at it, we don't need God to do anything. We got this. No, we do not. And that's why Jesus said, Amen. This power will only be available to us after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then we shall be witnesses. And we're to tarry until we're endued with power, with all of the urgency to get the gospel to the world, with all of all of the mandate from Christ Himself, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And yet they were told to wait until they were endued with power from on high. This gospel did not come, the scriptures teach, in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And the scriptures go on to say that we preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. And the Apostle Paul said, I was, I was with you in weakness and, and much trembling, uh, amen, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. I was, when I preached the gospel to you, I didn't do it, he said, in the wisdom of men. That's not, it doesn't mean that we don't use every faculty we have and, and every, every avenue we have to minister the gospel and use our intellect and use our eloquence if we're a good speaker. But it means that we are in desperate need of the power of God. The gospel did not come in word only. So the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, I did not come to you in the wisdom of men, but in a demonstration of spirit and power when I declared the gospel unto you. Praise God. Amen. So the indispensable work of the Holy Spirit today is that He empowers Glory to God. Amen. I, I ministered a funeral for, for a, a man, a precious man who worked with us for many years and with our young people and was a, a great witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit filled, Holy Ghost filled man. Amen. And, and his son, he would bring his young son to church with him. And his son spoke first before I spoke at the funeral for this precious man. And his son said, you know, I'd never experienced the power and presence of God before. But he said, I was in that meeting and, and, and Brother Venable, that's me, he said he, he made a, an emphasis to a point and he just stomped his foot and, and declared 
the, the statement from Scripture, and it was like a shockwave went over that whole audience of power. First time he had ever experienced the power and presence of God manifest by the Holy Spirit. He said, I drifted away from God for years, but I never forgot that encounter. See, that powerful encounter with God. And he said, I knew it was real. I knew heaven. Heaven must be real. Hell must be real. God must be real. The devil must be real. And because I never forgot that God encounter, I finally surrendered and gave my heart to Jesus. And he and his family are in church today, faithfully serving God. You see, the Holy Ghost, my dear friend, is indispensable. We cannot, we cannot adequately declare this king and this kingdom without the ministry, the manifest presence of God through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit empowers us for this great work. And the Holy Spirit also regenerates. He regenerates or makes spiritually alive. And this is something we need to focus on today. Listen to Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, According to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The actual process of regeneration is exclusively the work of the Holy Ghost, and is divine and not a human work. Can anybody say amen to that? The Holy Spirit ministers the beginning of all spiritual life. Therefore, the process is a complete recreation and no mere fanning into flame of the divine spark. It's not a matter of developing a higher nature, but a creating a brand new nature. The Greek word for regeneration is palingenesia. It's a compound of palin, again, and genesis, birth. So it literally means new birth. (laughs) The Greek word rendered renewing comes from the verb meaning to make new. And this is crucial to our salvation. This mighty indispensable work of the Holy Ghost. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, true salvation when it occurs is a new birth. We are born again. The Bible conceives salvation as the redemptive renewal of man on the basis of a restored relationship with God in Jesus Christ and presents it as involving a radical and complete transformation wrought in the soul by God the Holy Ghost, God the Holy Spirit. To claim to be saved without this vital work of the Holy Spirit is to be spiritually deceived And it's a deadly deception. I'm not talking about you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you have to be convicted by the Holy Ghost to come to Christ. No man 
comes to me, Jesus taught, except the Father draw him. And he draws us by the Holy Spirit. That's why he is indispensable to salvation. To claim to be saved without this work of the Holy Spirit is to be spiritually deceived. We're not saved by works, but there are corresponding works when we are saved that validate it. And we need to see not just people who go to church, but people who have been changed from the inside out. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean we're sinlessly perfect, but it means sin doesn't reign in our mortal body, that we are, we are obligated to fulfill it in the lust thereof. Amen. Thank God the new nature brings newness of life. Joseph Eileen says, and I quote, Conversion is no repairing of the old building, but it takes down the old and erects a new structure. From the foundation to the top stone, all is new. The Holy Spirit regenerates and the Holy Spirit indwells. Now you say, well, you use Holy Ghost, you use Holy Spirit interchangeably. You know why? They're one in the same. Hallelujah. John fourteen seventeen says, He dwelleth with you, speaking of the Holy Ghost, and He shall be in you. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is so basic to the Christian experience that the believer is described as the Spirit's temple. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians six nineteen says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? I like the Amplified. It says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? And I like what Perlman wrote, this Bible scholar. He said that one of the most comprehensive definitions of a Christian is that he is a man or woman in whom the Holy Spirit dwells. Hallelujah. Talbot says, another scholar of Scripture, you show me a man who is not indwelt by the Spirit of God, and I'll show you a man who is not a child of God. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Well, Romans 8 and verse 9 says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And W.A. Criswell says it this way, without the presence of the Spirit, there is no conviction. No cleansing. Oh, is this indispensable or what? I'm going to read that again. <laughs> Amen. Without the presence of the Spirit, there is no conviction, no cleansing, no regeneration, no sanctification, no acceptable works. Life is in the quickening Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us to baptize us in the holy ghost is to empower us amen but when we get saved there's a regenerating work and there is an indwelling of the holy spirit praise god the holy spirit grants assurance romans 8 and verse 16 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god one translation says, assuring us that we are the children of God. 
you need a spiritual witness within with your own spirit so that there is no doubt that you belong to God. Hallelujah. Not only do we have the scripture as a witness and, and all that the Bible says, but we have the Holy Spirit himself coming to live within us to bear witness that we are the children of God. Someone said the Holy Spirit provides a spiritual perception that allows the believer to be made aware of the spirit realm where he clearly perceives his status as a justified child of God who is at peace with his Father. Amen. Let me read this in context from Romans eight fifteen and 16. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I like the way Phillips uh, renders that. It says, you have been adopted into the family circle of God, and you can say with a full heart, Father, my Father. The Spirit Himself endorses our inward conviction that we really are the children of God. It is because of the witness, therefore, of the Spirit confirming the word that Fanny Crosby wrote, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Amen. And I like what Warren uh, Landler said, or Candler said, and I quote, One who knows by the assurance of the Spirit and of the witness of the Spirit that he is born of God knows that he must be set free. Hallelujah. And because that the Holy Spirit indwells and empowers and regenerates, he also seals. Ephesians 1 and verse 13 in whom also, after that you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Corinthians one twenty two, God hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our heart. Some people call this the down payment on heaven. The earnest money used to be what down payment is called today. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the granting of the Holy Spirit to us to come and abide with us and within us, amen, gives us the full assurance that we are saved and ready to live with God forever. Amen. Listen, amen, if the, if the Holy Trinity can live in us by the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, amen, then we can live with them in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. The sealing process establishes ownership and authenticity. It's like a brand, literally. They had trusted in Christ. Now they were sealed in Him. 
<laughs> Amen. Someone has said God's sealing of believers is His gracious communication of the Holy Ghost unto them. The promise of the Spirit fulfilled. Glory to God. Sealed in the Greek is a signet of or impression made by this seal. The, it, to mark as a means of identification. God is not going to have to figure out who is His when He comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. He seals us when we get saved. He brands us as His very own. The dominant idea of a seal is that it is a mark of ownership. And that's why the devil, and you can, you, we can talk about that in length sometime, the devil trying to mimic. He wanted to be God and he tries to mimic everything that God is and does. And he wants, he wants to, to people to take a mark of the beast that will seal them for hell. Listen, friend of mine, God has a mark, <laughs> a mark of his love and his grace and his salvation, and he seals us. Hallelujah. It's the mark of God upon our life. The dominant idea that is, it is a mark of ownership. Praise God. Romans 8, 9. Once again, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. God now speaks of us as belonging to him. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 2, 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. The Amplified says having this inscription, and that means to print or engrave on a surface. Hallelujah. I like Isaiah 49 and verse 15. It says, Can a woman forsake her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have craven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Praise God. Amen. Listen. Ephesians 1.14 says, Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Earnest in the Greek means a legal or commercial term. First installment or deposit, down payment or pledge. A part given in advance of the full that will be given afterwards. Amen. The indispensable Holy Spirit. I like what Beam says about this. He says, and another Bible scholar I want to quote, The Spirit whom God has given them is for Christians the guarantee of their full possession of future salvation. Hallelujah. We have God's seal. We bear His mark, His brand. He will not forget us. He will not forsake us. In the modern Greek, this word came to be used as an engagement ring. The Holy Spirit is given as an engagement ring, sealing our betrothal to Christ. Keeping this engagement ring, the Holy Spirit dwelling ungrieved in our hearts, assures us of final union with the Lord at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed assurance. 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Friend of mine, we need more focus. I, I believe you can amen this when I finish saying that we need more focus, more emphasis on the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit to and through the believer than we've ever focused on before in these last days. We need power from on high. We need more preaching that is unctioned by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We need more people coming to Christ because the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will convince that word is convict in the Greek, the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He is the one. It is His work. And without His work, no man can come to Christ. That's why I'm titled this message, The Indispensable Work of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, if you please. Amen. I'm not ashamed to say that I I have the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit has me. Praise God that I have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God I have received power from on high. And it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. For the Scripture said, If the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. <laughs> Amen. He will quicken you, give you life. This is resurrected life. This is regenerated life. This is life granted already. We got a glimpse already of eternal existence with God because the same Spirit that raised up Jesus is living and abiding in the child of God. And we need to let him loose. <laughs> Amen. Amen. As Paul wrote, Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Amen. By the laying on of hands. For God did God not give us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And we need to stir up this gift of God the Holy Ghost coming to live within us and we need to be filled with the Spirit in these last days. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Paul said, I'll pray with my understanding and I will pray with the Spirit, building yourself up on the in the Holy Ghost, in, in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Friend of mine, we need the Holy Spirit. He is indispensable to our salvation, to our sanctification, to our overcoming, to our witness for Christ in this world today to our proclaiming the gospel today, to people coming to know Christ today. We cannot do without the mighty, wonderful person and power of the Holy Ghost. And I know something about Him today. I know that He's right there where you are today. 
And I know if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He came to convince us and convict us of our sin and our need for a Savior. And simultaneously to reveal Jesus as the Savior that we need and is here and has done the work necessary to save us on the cross. And I know He's drawing you right now. That's His job. That's what He came to do. And I pray that you will not run from Christ, not run from God, not grieve the Holy Spirit, nor quench Him. And you can and I can, and I refuse to do that. I pray you will yield to Him. Bow at the cross. Confess your sins. Repent of them. Receive Jesus while there's an opportunity to do that. And let God seal you for eternity. And if you're a Christian today, stir up, fan into flame that fire. Stir up the gift that is within you. Because in Him the Holy Spirit reside all the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And we need every Christian to flow. Amen. And to glow. <laughs> and to go wherever we are in our world and represent another kingdom and another king that is soon coming. In the name of Jesus and for the glory of God, let the Holy Ghost revive us in Jesus' name.